Hi, and thank you for listening to my podcast. I'm Sylvie, and I'm a fitness trainer who helps women become stronger, enjoy their fitness journey with no unreasonable restrictions, fall in love with training, and become more confident in their abilities and power. In this podcast, I will talk a lot about training, the approach to training, nutrition, and mindset. Before we start, make sure to subscribe so you won't miss my next episode, and check out my Instagram where I share a lot of valuable tips. You can find the link in the description below. So, let's start now! Hi, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Stronger and Selfie podcast. In this episode, I will tell you five things that are worth focusing on in the gym that will help you progress in training and potentially achieve your short and long-term goals. I will also share with you five things that are not worth your attention and have zero effect on the effectiveness of your training or on your training progress. So, let's dive in. I realized that in the time of social media, training can be very confusing and you are probably hearing different things from different people and aren't sure what is actually true. The five things that I will share with you that are worth focusing on aren't very trendy, but are proven to work time and time again. On the other hand, the five things that aren't worth your attention are full of buzzwords that are used for catchy and clickbaity content. So, if you are looking for an effective solution or a trendy solution, carry on listening to this episode. So, let's start with positives and uh, with five things to focus on in the gym. Uh, just a little disclaimer, those five things I will talk about aren't ranked by importance and I believe them to be all equally important. So, the first one is correct exercise form. Training with correct exercise form, knowing what is the purpose of each exercise, why you do it and how it helps you is a very important part of your training. Why should you be doing some exercise when you don't even know how or why you do it? Learning the correct exercise form of each exercise is one of the most important things when you first start training. So don't try to focus on lifting heavier and heavier at the beginning. Focus more on learning correct movement patterns and correct ways to do certain exercises. Talking about movement patterns, there are six main movement patterns you will probably encounter in the gym, and that is pull, horizontal and vertical, push, horizontal and vertical, hip hinge dominant movement, squat, lunge and carry. You will soon notice that if you, for example, learn one correct exercise movement pattern for one push exercise, it will translate into the rest of the pushing exercises and learning new things becomes easier and easier with time. I really beg you to invest your time in learning the correct exercise form at the beginning. With the correct exercise form, you can easily avoid injuries, reduce pain caused by doing some movements the wrong way up until now. So, for example, if you are lifting heavy objects uh, at work or in your everyday life and you don't know how to lift them properly and correctly, you might be experiencing some pain. By learning how to lift things properly in the gym, this all translates into your everyday life. So this is exactly the reason why I really want you to focus on correct exercise form. And once you learn the correct exercise form, it is time to focus on progressive overload and progressing on your lifts consistently over time. And trust me, it is much easier to progress on your exercises once you learn the correct exercise form. And this leads me to the second point, which is progressive overload. 
What is progressive overload? Progressive overload is when you gradually increase the weight or frequency or number of repetitions in your training routine. It is basically any form of progress you make in the gym in your training. It can have several different forms. You can lift a heavier weight, you can do more reps with the same weight, you can perform the exercise in a larger range of motion, or you can do more sets with heavier weight. You can easily track progressive overload if you are following some kind of training or at least track weights, reps or sets of your main lifts. Progressive overload can be sometimes very small and nearly unnoticeable when you compare the progress week by week, but when you zoom out and compare the longer period of time, you will notice a huge difference it makes. And that is exactly why those uh, tiny plates in the gym, like two and a half kilos or one and a quarter kilos, are your best friends when it comes to progressive overload. Also remember that progress in the gym is never linear and that is okay. Some weeks you will progress massively and feel strong and awesome. Some weeks you will feel a bit weaker and struggle to match previous week's lifts and that is okay. Important thing is that in a long time the trend is up. As I mentioned earlier, progressive overload can be very nicely tracked if you are following some kind of training plan, which leads me to the third point. Following your training plan and taking appropriate rests. Going to the gym and doing random exercises every time you are there unfortunately isn't ideal unless it is the only way how you enjoy training and aren't expecting huge progress. If that is the case, then go for it. But if you want to work on uh, progressing in the gym, improving strength and building muscle, having some kind of training plan will definitely help you get closer to your goal. It is worth having some kind of training plan and following it for that reason. It can be just a plan of what exercises you do each day, roughly how many sets and reps of that certain exercise and, and that's it. If you don't want to plan every training in detail, you can at least plan your main compound lifts and um, then have a selection of accessory exercises. Let me give you an example of an upper body pull day where you plan main lifts and leave the rest to what you feel like doing if you require a little bit more flexibility in your training. So it can, for example, look like this. You plan your two main lifts. So the first exercise will be, for example, wide grip pull downs, four sets, eight to ten reps each set. Second exercise will be chest supported rows with dumbbells, three sets, eight to ten reps each set. You will stick to those two main lifts, you will do them every single week and you will track progress on each of, uh, on both of them. And after that, you have a selection of three accessory lifts. You can decide if you will do reversed peg deck or face pulls as a third exercise. As a fourth exercise, you can decide if you will do rare delt flies or pull apart. And as a fifth exercise, you can do any variation of bicep curls you want to do. You just know that you need to isolate, isolate your biceps. So this is how you can have some kind of training plan, but also some flexibility. So if you like following a solid and structured training plan, go for it. If you need a little bit of freedom and want to plan only main lifts, go for it. Also remember to honor your rest periods between lifts. You don't always have to be doing something. Rest in between sets is very much needed and very important too. Everyone is different and uh, everyone needs a different approach, which nicely leads me to the fourth point of this list and that is have fun and do what you enjoy. Training has to be fun and should bring you joy. Therefore, you should find some style of training that you enjoy, that you like, and that makes sense to you. 
Whatever goal you have, I promise you that it is always achievable in several ways. You don't have to follow one style of training only because you keep seeing this style of training online. If you like purely strength training focused style of training, do that. But if you prefer some more of circuit style of training, that is okay too. Do what you enjoy. You don't have to do anything that you do not like. The same goes for exercises. If some exercise makes you feel uncomfortable or awkward and you can't get over it, don't do it. Honestly, it is that simple. There is not a single exercise that you must do. If you are trying to force yourself into something you don't enjoy, it can easily lead to a drop in motivation and you can potentially give up, which I don't want you to do. Training is fun and everyone likes a different style of training and that is okay. That is what makes us unique. So let's now talk about the final point uh, of this list of things that are worth focusing on during training and that is using machines in a safe manner. Look, gym can be very confusing place sometimes. I go to gym for a few years now and I sometimes struggle to figure out how to use a new piece of equipment and that is okay. Always make sure you know how to set up the machine so it's ideal for your body and uh, so you know how to use it safely and how to use a safety brake where applicable. If you aren't sure how to do so, you can either ask the staff in the gym or you can ask fellow gym covers. I promise you, majority of us are very approachable and we don't mind helping you. This also goes back to the first point where I talked about the correct exercise form. Training can be very complex and if you are new, I can totally imagine that it's overwhelming. So be kind to yourself and make sure you take time to familiarize yourself with the equipment too. You will notice that all those five points are mainly taking us back to training in a safe manner with some plan or structure and enjoyment and that is simply all you need to progress in the gym and all you need to focus on during training. So to summarize this, five things that are worth focusing on during training are training with correct exercise form, progressive overload, following some kind of training plan and taking appropriate rests, having fun and using machines in a safe manner. And that's it. So now let's have a look at things that are not worth your attention in the gym and say absolutely nothing about your progress or the effectiveness of the training. First, let's start with how many calories you burn during training. Yes, there I said it. It doesn't matter if you burn 200, 300 or even 600 calories during your training. If you are taking this number from your Fitbit or Apple Watch, the number will be highly inaccurate anyway. On the top of that, you have very little control over how many calories you burn during your training. And this number will vary every day. So please don't let this number control your mood or don't let it be the way to judge your effectiveness of the training. Another number you can find on your sport tracker that says nothing about your training is your heart rate. I remember when I knew very little about training, I thought that I constantly have to be moving around and doing something so my heart rate was up and I was very confused when I finished a set of lunges and found out that my heart rate on my Fitbit was quite low. Like, um, how? Uh, I just did a set of lunges and I can hardly breathe. So how can this number be this low? With time, I came to realize that first and again, this number was very inaccurate. And second, that it actually doesn't matter at all. If you train because you want to improve your health, be stronger or build some muscle and just generally be fitter, your heart rate during training doesn't matter. It will probably only matter for professional athletes that are trying to optimize every aspect of their training. 
For us casual gym goers, it doesn't matter at all. The third thing that doesn't matter is how much you are sweating. Let me give you an example from my gym. Let's say I do the same training there in winter when the temperature in my gym is often below 10 degrees and in summer when on the hottest days it is over 25 degrees. And I will do exactly the same training. In winter I will hardly sweat. In summer I will sweat even before starting my session. Does that mean my summer training is more effective? No. It only means I sweat more in summer and need to hydrate more during the summer months. Sweat is just a way your body cools down and it is a sign that you need to rehydrate and drink more water. Sweat isn't your fat crying and sweating has nothing to do with fat loss or the effectiveness of your training. The fourth point is quite close to sweating and it is how you look during your training. I absolutely get that you want to feel comfortable and look good and that is normal and this is not what I'm talking about. What I mean by that is that some exercises get you in a very unflattering position and ankles and that is okay. Yes, there would probably be more flattering way how to do the exercise, but that could also result in a less effective way of how to do the exercise. A great example of that is hip thrusts. When you are hip thrusting with a barbell, for example, it was proven that engaged core and neurotrop pelvis lead to greater glutes engagement, which is a huge win and exactly what you want from the exercise. For the majority of people though, including myself, it is 10 times easier to keep an engaged core and neutral pelvis when looking in front of you during hip thrusts rather than looking up, which of course will probably result into a double chin. And you know what? That is okay. The double chin is worth the results and decreased lower pack pain. Remember that you aren't the only person in the gym doing that exercise that way. And people around you generally don't care how you look when you are training. Plus, if they do the exercise themselves, they look like that too when doing that exercise. Which nicely leads me to the fifth and final point of things that don't matter in the gym, and that is what others are doing. You don't know others' goals, you don't know their training history, you don't know their health history, you don't know their experience and so on. Others can perhaps inspire you to try and do new exercises or try new training styles, but always look for how to incorporate them into your routine, your goals and your experience because context matters a lot. Also remember not to blindly copy others because frankly they can be doing it wrong and you might be doing it correctly. So get inspired but don't forget your own context and also a reminder don't judge others in the gym because you have no idea what and why they are doing it. Sometimes some very specific sport movements or some uh, or people who are training for a very specific sport their training will look completely different to, for example, my training when my goal is strength and muscle increase. So keep that in mind. So to sum up five points that are not worth your attention in the gym, that is how many calories you burn, how much you are sweating, what's the heart rate on your sports watch, how you look during the exercise and what others are doing. Also, one big thing I want to talk about when it comes to presenting fitness on social media is that if you see an online training routine presented with how many calories you burn during the session, which is very common on YouTube, for example, just know that it is just a clickbait and a nonsense. The person creating the workout has no idea what is your height, what is your weight and what is your experience. So they can't know how many calories you or anyone else will burn during the workout. And 
as we established in this episode, it doesn't even matter at all. So yeah, be aware of clickbaity content. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. And that is everything for today's episode. I hope this was helpful and you perhaps learned something new. If you have any questions, you can message me on my Facebook or Instagram. Both are linked in the description of this episode. So thank you very much for your attention.